Bible Girl Podcast. I'm Jessica Robinson, and I've gathered my Bible, my journal, some study tools, and highlighters in every color for study time. From the practical to the inspirational, I pray that these podcasts give you the tools and motivation to be a Bible Girl, too. Welcome to episode 96 of the podcast. We're going to continue our series on power verses of the Bible. This is week two, and we're going to be taking a look at Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. But before we do that, I have a few grace notes to talk to you about today. I wanted to mention that I have a new personal website. I have been trying for quite some time to get the same name that I use on social media as my web address, and it recently became available. So I have been slowly starting to set it up and transfer files to the site. It is up and running. You can currently visit it at jessielrobinson.com, and that is where of the same name that I am on all social media, J-E-S-S-I-L. R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N.com. And on that page, um, I will be linking to every place that I am on social media. It'll have links to the podcast and where to get the show notes. It'll have galleries of downloads that you can download, all organized and and really easy to find. Um, Some of the stuff is still in process. The downloads will take a while because um, it's pages and pages and pages. So it'll take quite a while to get all that transferred over. But eventually, um, there will be one website you can go to that will link you to everywhere else I am on the web. And um, I'm really excited about having something organized and that takes away some of the confusion because the podcast page is something different and I can't really edit that a whole lot um, because of the service that I use. So um, it's just been difficult to try to get everything in one cohesive place and I can do that now. So I'm very excited about that. Um, you want to stop by and check it out and in the download section there is a, a tab for iPhone wallpaper and I have one in there for the verse that we're going to be talking about today. So if you would like to have that on your lock screen, stop by jessielrobinson.com and download that photo. I also wanted to mention a book called Every Moment Holy from Rabbit Room Press. It is a book of personal and corporate liturgies. It was a gift given to me by uh, the pastor here at the church that I work for, and it it, it has been a very um, illuminating book and a very comforting book during this time of my life. I've been praying greatly in, in a different way than I prayed before, and I have enjoyed many of these personal liturgies and use them to calm my spirit and and put my thoughts in a good direction. One of my favorites is um, the Ritual of Morning Coffee liturgy. And um, I put a picture of it today on my Instagram. And the opening goes, Meet me, O Christ, in the stillness of morning. Move me, O Spirit, to quiet my heart. Mend me, O Father, from yesterday's harms. And then he goes on to write about a a few of the harms of yesterday, the discords, the discouragement, the weariness, the doubts, the wounds. And um, I have been pausing through some of those to work through those and to name them as I pray those words. And I 
love how it ends to a reminder that I want to enter this new day aware that I need you, God, and then also awake to the grace that you've given me. And I think this is a beautiful prayer. It's very short and um, I've enjoyed using it. I would encourage you to head to um, the Rabbit Room Press um, website and pre-order. The The book is uh, currently um, out of stock and they're reprinting it. So they are having pre-orders right now for it again when the new ones come out. I think that if uh, written prayers are something that are help to you that you would really enjoy this and uh, some of the things are in there that are meant to be done as a family or as a group um, and many of them are made just for your own personal use uh, the last thing I wanted to mention in our grace notes section is it's starting to warm up. Spring is here and I've posted my recipe for iced coffee using cold brew coffee and I get asked about it a lot every time I post a picture of my coffee on social media. So um, it's on the website. There's the instructions very detailed on how I make the cold brew and then how I make the coffee drink from the cold brew. So if you're interested in that, you can check out um, the website jessielrobinson.com in the blog section and you'll see step-by-step -step directions. Okay, so we're going to dig into another power verse today. Remember we decided um, as we were talking about power verses, what we mean are these verses have a very uh, profound impact on all areas of your life when you apply them to your circumstances. These are verses that um, they, they, are, they may be specifically geared for a specific situation or um, a specific time, but they have a ripple effect that can affect every part of you. And so we're going over a few of those in this series. And today we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven. I'm going to read it to you and then we're going to break it down a little bit. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We have a problem today in our world, a cultural problem, and that is that anxiety has really gotten a hold in us. I see it in the world today. I see it in churches. I think Christians struggle with it as greatly as, as non-believers do. What can we do to calm our anxiety and receive this peace that God offers to his children? He clearly says that, that, that his peace can be ours. So how do we obtain that? And I have three specific solutions, and they come from this verse, um, verse 6. And I want to talk to you about them, but I want to spend the most time on, on step three because I think that we skip over step three and we wonder sometimes why God's peace doesn't come. The, the first thing is, is to talk to God about what's going on in your life. The first uh, step that you can take to deal with anxiety, tell him the truth about your circumstances and how they're making you feel. Be honest with him and, and tell him these things. Oftentimes we go to God in prayer and we demand of him. 
And I think there's um, a slowness to prayer that we don't often take into account where we just, we just honestly tell him, this is what's true in my life right now. This is, this is what is going on and this is how I feel about it. Or this is how this circumstance makes me feel. Or this is what this circumstance is doing to my family or to my peace of mind or to in my job. And, and these are the, the things that I'm, I'm wrestling with that I'm struggling with. And we assume that God knows them. And of course he does. But there's a power and value in sharing with him your feelings about what is going on in your life and making him aware. There's a a communication and a intimacy that develops between you and God when you share with him the details of your life and, and what they're doing to your your heart and your mind and your spirit. And so the first step is just to talk to him and tell him these things. Tell him what is making you anxious, where your anxiety is coming from. And then step two would be to ask him for what you need. What do you need in the the circumstance, in this anxiety that you're experiencing? What would help you? What would make it better? And, And be specific. Tell God specifically what you would like him to do. But be open to the possibility that God will meet your needs in ways you may not expect. Often we go to God and we ask him for something and God knows what we're really asking for. He knows the deep needs of our heart that sometimes lie below the surface of the external thing we're looking for. And God may may have a better way of meeting that need than the way you've come up with. And so don't assume that if God doesn't give you that thing you're asking for, that he's not giving you um, what you need and meeting the deep needs of your heart because he will. We, we believe that. We believe that God loves his children and that he answers prayer and that he hears us when we call and that he wants good things for our life. And he has a good plan for us that he's working out in his way and his timing. So we can be specific and ask for what we need, but also expect the fact that God does not owe us um, anything when it comes to achieving his will. Um, it, It comes in his timing and in his way, the way that he believes best. And so ask for what you need, be specific, and look for the ways that he's answering. But step three is the one we miss sometimes. It says that we are supposed to go to God in prayer and supplication. And that's the step one and step two. And then thanksgiving. Do this with thanksgiving. And I wanted to talk about this for a second because there is a a mental shift that happens when we turn away from the problem and away from trying to find the solution and turn towards God and his power and his goodness and his greatness. When we shift our minds from what we lack to what we have in Christ, something very powerful happens in our spirit. And I believe that it is often the key to eliminating uh, the periods of anxiety in our life is to be able to bring about a attitude and a spirit of gratefulness and thankfulness for what God is doing. Now, let me explain to you how this works in a practical way, because yes, we can all be, be grateful, but what about when you're in the middle of a difficult circumstance? Are you supposed to be grateful for it? Um, I will use my own personal story. I've, I've been dealing with a cancer diagnosis for a few months. Should I be thankful for the cancer? 
Well, I believe that God does take bad things and make them good. I believe that God redeems everything that comes into our lives. So I think ultimately, yes, I could say I'm thankful for the cancer because it brought this or this or this to bear, but maybe not. Maybe I will never reach a place where I could be thankful for the cancer. Maybe on this side of heaven, I'll never understand it. But I don't think that negates the fact that I, I, I can still be grateful. I, I can still be grateful for a good many things. I can be grateful for the fact that God has walked with me through this journey. I can be grateful for the fact that I have a huge support system to help me. I can be grateful for the fact that so far my medical bills have been manageable. I can be grateful for the fact that this has brought about some restoration of some relationships that have been a little troubled. And the fact that I now have this cancer diagnosis has given people some freedom to, um, to work some issues out that they were willing to just kind of let slide. I think there is a blessing in that. I think that there has been great blessing in knowing that God is with me and feeling his comfort in a way that I did not know it before. God is also bringing about a greater compassion in me for people who suffer. And he's given me an insight into uh, ministering and serving people who are ill or who have uh, great weighty matters that they're dealing with. There, I, I could go on and on and on. There are so many things to be grateful for in the midst of this. And when I turn my focus away from the fact that uh, the hospital messed something up or I can't seem to get tests scheduled in a timely manner or I'm confused as to what's going on or the weight of all my decisions just weighs on me. When I take all of those things and I turn my gaze away from them, and I put my gaze on God and I thank him for who he is and what he's doing right now in the midst of this circumstance. Something happens in my spirit. There's a lightness of spirit that comes. There's a, a positive energy and attitude in my life that makes me feel like things are working, like God is working all things out. That good things are still happening underneath the surface, even though the bad things seem to be more visible some days. Turning our focus away from the problem and onto our God is the most powerful thing that we can do when it comes to fighting anxiety. Because honestly, I could sit around in a chair and just spend a lot of time meditating on all the difficulties. But you know, that's not the plan. That's not what God wants for us. He has bigger things in mind. And in fact, he has things planned for my life that I know nothing of. And I can rest that his good plans will be fulfilled in my life. And so this is kind of the, the missing ingredient sometimes, you know, we do that, you know, make your request, tell God everything and he'll give you his peace because you've left it with him. And yes, that is true on one level, but I think the soul deep peace that comes and that, that Paul is talking about in this verse comes with where our gaze goes next. After we've given him all of the stuff, where do we put our gaze next? Because it's super easy, I've done it before, to get up from prayer and to be discouraged in 30 seconds. What happens is we, we don't really turn our gaze to something new. We just turn right back to the problem. We've given it to God, we've talked to him about it, but then we go back to it as soon as we've said amen. 
Turn your heart towards something else. Thank God for the ways that he's active and present in your life. You may not like the situation that you're in. Your anxiety may be coming from from deep pain or or huge issues that you're facing. And they they're serious things. I'm not trying to negate their seriousness at all. I'm just saying that in the midst of them, there is still hope. God is always at work. He is always at work in your life. There is not a moment that he is not working out his purposes for you. Sometimes it's done underneath. Sometimes we recognize years later what God was doing and we marvel at it. In the moment, sometimes it takes faith to believe that, but I believe that we can see it if we look for it. We can see glimpses. We may not see the big picture. We may not necessarily have the picture on the puzzle box to know what he's doing, but we have the pieces and we can see those. And so I encourage you today, if you're struggling with anxiety and you have anxious thoughts or you're worried about things, I encourage you to talk to God and tell him exactly what's going on. Be honest. Tell him how the situation is affecting you and what it makes you feel. And then ask him for what you need. Tell him what you need and, 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 and remember that he will meet your needs in ways that you don't imagine. And then turn your gaze to him and express gratitude for what he's doing now. Don't skip that step because it's so important. I have a couple last thoughts I want to mention. This is not meant to be um, a treatise on anxiety. We're covering just one small part of the equation. Um, anxiety can be a, a big thing that needs more than a verse in the Bible to deal with. Anxiety can be caused by physical issues. So I encourage you, if you're struggling with anxiety over all areas of your life, not just one problem that you're wrestling through, but if you have actual anxiety in, in many areas, uh, go to the doctor, get a physical, talk to your doctor about how you're struggling. Oftentimes, these things can be caused by physical. I, I found that out shortly after my surgery. I had, was kind of being taken off of one medicine and put on another. And I had a few internal reactions, just they caused me a lot of anxiety, some of the medication. And um, it was interesting how it, it really was beyond my ability to control um, because it was affecting me physically as well as emotionally. And so when we were able to remove the medication and, and stop taking it after um, it had worked its course and, and done what it was supposed to do, um, very quickly, I was able to gain control of that anxiety and began to get some um, relief from it. So I, I think it's important that you go, if you're experiencing this in a lot of areas, you need to go and talk to your doctor and make sure there's not a physical reason. And if there is a physical reason, then work through it with them and allow yourself the time to heal. Medication may help, especially in the short term. Uh, there is no substitution for the process of talking to God about your problems and being grateful for his work in your life. But medication is often necessary to allow the physical mind to process the spiritual battle. That was the first thing I noticed as I began to stop the medication. Um, I began to, my brain was clear enough once the medicine that was messing me up and kind of um, causing me the, the uh, 
anxiety and the inability for me to think clearly, when I had that medicine removed, I began to realize that I was still experiencing the anxiety because it was still a stressful situation. But mentally, my brain was clear enough that I could pray and I could um, talk to God about it and thank him for what he was doing in my life and the anxiety would ease and I would feel his peace. But that was very difficult for me in the situation before. And I think it's the same thing for people who um, may need some medication to help their brain calm down enough so that they can process what is going on on a spiritual level. So don't feel like um, taking medication is a weakness. Don't think that asking for help or admit, admitting your struggles to someone else is, is showing that you're weak or you can't handle something. This is courageous and admirable to be able to admit the fact that you're struggling and ask for help. Tell some trusted friends or family who can hold you up in prayer and walk with you through the anxious times. And um, if you do see a doctor, I would encourage you to take someone with you. Sometimes... Um, when it's a physical issue and you're trying to work through that, it's helpful to have someone along who can um, ask questions and, and be there for you. This, this verse is an important step in conquering anxiety, but sometimes we need the help of our friends and our family and we need the help of a good doctor and maybe some medication to get us through. So if this uh, verse, if you're working through this and, and you begin to pray this prayer and you begin to talk to God and ask for his help and thank him for how he's working in your life and you're still struggling with anxiety, then it's time to talk to someone and get some help. Know that God cares about you. If I've learned nothing else in the last few months is that God is intimately involved with us. He not only walks through your struggles, but he can identify with them. When Jesus came to this earth and took on flesh and, and became one of us, he became human and he experienced the full gamut of, of human emotions and experiences. And he was able to... Um, do them in a way that honored God and he understands the difficulties that we face when, when we feel alone or abandoned or when we feel like um, things are weighing us down. We see that Jesus experiences those moments as well. The gospels are full of times when he was upset or discouraged, when he when he withdrew to pray, when he, when he was crying in the garden and wanting to um, have another path and not take the path of suffering. He knows that. He knows the difficulties that you face and he walks with us each step of the way. So talk to him, tell him what you need and then thank him for all he's doing because he's very active and present in your life today. May God bless you. We'll see you back at the next podcast. Thanks for listening. Go to BibleGrowPodcast.com to email me download show notes, sign up for my newsletter, print the monthly scripture writing list, and listen to past episodes. Join the Bible Girl Facebook group to get the latest podcast news and to interact with me and other listeners. I'm all over social media as Jessie L. Robinson. That's J-E-S-S-I-L Robinson. I'd love for you to friend or follow me. Join me again for another episode of Bible Girl.